episode 811. Week one of Packers OTAs are complete, and much was learned this week. To react to all the Packers news, we're joined by Cheesehead TV's own Chris Wanless. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravoon. Today we're talking Packers OTAs. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Cheesehead TV's own Chris Wanless. Chris, how are you this morning? Not too bad, Brian. How are you doing? Very good. We're glad you could join us on the show. Chris is the second in a series of interviews featuring Cheesehead TV's newest writers over the course of OTAs. And and Chris, do you want to start off by letting our readers and listeners know about your background? Sure. Um, well, I hail from Iowa originally. Um, the only native Iowan in a family full of uh, Wisconsin natives. So uh, I like to tell people I never really had a choice when it came to uh, rooting for the Packers, and that's just fine with me. But uh, uh, I guess kind of building off of that, my background in sports and sports media, I played a couple years of Division Two football before making that uh, cliche transition into the media world. Um, did a couple years of radio analysis uh, for the college football team there. Uh, and then started kind of my own sports blog off of that. Um, living in Minneapolis now, but uh, really happy to uh, to have the opportunity at Cheesehead TV to kind of keep my foot in the door, so to speak. Well, we're glad to have you on board, and best of luck with all you do at Cheesehead TV. Uh, we got plenty to talk about today. And uh, whereas on Wednesday's show, we reacted to what happened on the football field during OTAs or what didn't happen in the case of injuries, today we're reacting to what the players said in the media. For many of these Packers players, particularly the free agent additions, it was their first time meeting the Green Bay media this week. And for many of the incumbent players, it was their first time this year. So, Chris, uh, Martellus Bennett, uh, tight, new tight end, Packers tight end, said this week he wants to be the quote-unquote captain of fun. So my question to you is, does it take an established veteran and a good one like Bennett to hold that title? Well, first of all, I would say that I think it's fair to say that Martellus Bennett has already established himself as the most quotable Packer for 2017 (laughs) um, and probably one of the most quotable in recent memory. Uh, I I think what he has going for him is probably a couple things. Um, First, his his equity is undeniable. Um, He's been a a productive player throughout his career. Uh, He's earned respect along the way. Um, And plus, now he's got that Super Bowl ring uh, from last year with the Patriots. Uh, to go along with everything else. Um, and second, he really is unapologetically himself. Um, that carefree, kind of fun-loving personality really seems genuine. 
And I think that's a big part of what's going to endear him to, to fans uh, and to the locker room. Um, so I think it would be harder for a younger player to come in and, and kind of assume that role just because I think people are going to want you to focus on proving your worth on the field uh, before trying to be the captain of fun off the field. <laughs> I, I couldn't say it any better myself. It would be tough for a rookie to come in and and, and self-proclaim himself the captain of fun. Uh, but I think Martellus Bennett, uh, being a Super Bowl champion, has, has earned that title if he so wants it. And as long as he gets things done on the football field, he's fine. And and uh, pardon me here uh, for our listeners. I mean, all the things we're talking about today are, are things that were either, you know, published by PackersNews.com or ESPN or the Wisconsin State Journal or just the Packers official website. And uh, continuing in that vein here, Chris, Jari Evans, new Packers offensive lineman, he kind of distanced himself this week from questions about his age and comparisons to another free agent offensive lineman the Packers acquired a few years ago, Jeff Saturday. Are these concerns about Evans and his age warranted? Uh, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind there uh, with the comparisons is that when the Packers signed Jeff Saturday, he was 37. Um, so Jowry Evans still has basically three years on where Saturday was when he came to Green Bay. Um, I think the issue is that the situation still is just so littered with unknowns. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really going to depend on how well he's taking care of himself. And we won't really get a good idea of that until the real action starts. Um, what we do know are, you know, probably a couple of things. His experience speaks for itself. Um, he's an extremely decorated player uh, over his 11 years in the league. Um, and the other thing would be that the organization clearly likes him. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy have really had nothing but glowing things to say about him. Um, and obviously you wouldn't expect those guys to badden up, badmouth a new addition uh, to the roster, but uh, I guess I have to say personally, I feel a lot better about Evans now than I did about Jeff Saturday in 2012. Um, that almost felt like kind of a farewell tour, you know, like the the old gunslinger kind of coming back for for one last uh, attempt at glory. Um, but I think uh, overall, Evans really still has some solid football to offer. I think so, too, and hope so as well. Um uh, maybe I should ask this question when we we're talking about Martellus Bennett here, but you know, sticking with the tight end theme, Lance Kendricks, he this week talked about being back in his home state and how he had to avoid distraction being around family and friends now that he lives back in Wisconsin, but also having that serve as motivation being around them and playing in front of them. Chris, do you think that's a difficult balancing act? Uh, for for a lot of players, I think it could be a distraction um, or it could become a case of almost becoming too comfortable um, with the situation or your surroundings. Um, but Kendricks certainly comes off as a very centered, down-to-earth guy. Um, his comments on coming home to Wisconsin I thought were pretty measured. Um, and I thought it was actually kind of impressive that he brought up the distraction angle um, without being prompted by the question. Uh, so it's clearly something he's thought about during the process of joining the team. 
Uh, and it was funny, actually. The uh, Brian Angelico, the tight ends coach, made a comment the other day in his media availability uh, about Kendricks basically balancing out Martellus Bennett's big personality. Um, <laughs> so I don't think Kendricks is really going to have too much trouble uh, focusing on, on the job aspect of it. Hopefully that's the case. Um, Devon House, another free agent acquisition for the Packers, albeit one that was previously in Green Bay. He talked about being lucky and being happy to be back in Green Bay. So, Chris, should the Packers be lucky and happy to have him back even after investing their top pick in a cornerback this year? Well, they should definitely be happy. Um, I think House is going to be possibly the most important addition the Packers make this year. Um, his game is pretty much tailor-made for what they're going to ask him to do, uh, most notably gonna, you know, being physical at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think if you look back, what the Packers missed most about Sam Shields when, when he went down, um, and this isn't a new, a new take by any means, but his ability to essentially cut the field in half was what made him really invaluable. Um, offenses had to game plan a lot differently when Shields was on the field. And, you know, is Devon House as speedy as Sam Shields? No, uh, but he is an upgrade in speed compared to what we saw in that secondary for basically 15 weeks plus the playoffs last year. Um, and what he will do similar to Shields is – kind of be that disruptor, uh, getting guys off their marks, off their timing from the time the ball is snapped. Um, you know, a lot was made of Devon House getting benched in Jacksonville last year. Uh, but if you take a look at what he did in 2015, there's really a, a ton to like there. If he can get close to that kind of production, uh, it's going to take a lot of pressure off guys like uh, Kevin King, um, those third-year guys, that trio of Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, and Ladarius Gunter, um, to feel like they have to be you know, light years better than what they were last year. Another free agent addition on the defensive side of the football, Ricky Jean-Francois said this week the thing he's most excited for this season is playing in the cold. So, Chris, do you think that'll be a big deal for a guy who – grew up in South Florida. Well, you know, he may, he may hail from South Florida, but it's worth keeping in mind. He spent the last four years playing in uh, first Indianapolis and then Washington. Um, obviously the, the Colts play in a dome, but that's a cold weather division for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been known to get pretty cold and snowy in DC as well. Um, the biggest difference really is probably the degree to which the cold is embraced uh, in Green Bay. Um, we all know games that, you know, Lambeau Field are, are special at any time, but there's something about that frigid, snowy day at Lambeau that just kind of makes it seem perfect. Um, I guess we can't really say for sure whether the players share that sentiment. I know there's been a lot of players, you know, in the past that have come out and said they don't necessarily – love the cold, um, but it's definitely become a point of pride in Green Bay, and I would think that uh, Ricky Jean Francois will, will try to embrace that as much as he can. Yeah, being a veteran, I think he will, and it only helps that the Packers have such a historic 
you know, aura about them that they kind of, I think, embrace that cold. Uh, if it were another franchise like the Cleveland Browns that don't have quite as much success, <laughs> maybe it's a different story there. Uh, but that only helps the Packers. Um, Chris, cornerback Quentin Rollins talked this week about putting last season behind him. So do you think Quentin Rollins will be able to do that in 2017? The, I think the best thing that the Packers have going for him in the secondary right now is just an incredible amount of competition. Um, you know, you talk about those third-year guys, Rollins, Randall, Gunter. Um, we've seen that they can play and play well. Uh, last year, they were put in, a, in an unenviable spot um, by a rash of injuries, and the play fell off noticeably from what it was when they were rookies. Um, but the ability is clearly there. Uh, the competition now with Kevin King, when he rejoins the team uh, with Devon house, obviously in there, I think is going to bring out the best in each one of those guys. Um, you know, playing time is going to depend on putting their best foot forward. It's a crowded room and uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of competition there. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is, Mike McCarthy's emphasis now this offseason on versatility and being able to play multiple positions. Um, I feel like if any one of those guys can get back to the level they played at a couple years ago, uh, and then on top of that, throw in the ability to kind of flip to multiple spots, they'll definitely have earned that playing time. But, uh, you know, it's going to be ultimately up to Quentin Rollins to put last season behind him and kind of put his best foot forward. Uh, with this crowded cornerback room. Possibly it could be due to injury that he, you know, had struggles last year. Uh, mm -hmm. I only hope the best for him. Uh, but Chris here, last question before we let you go. Corey Lindsley said he feels great after undergoing surgery in the off season, but he wouldn't commit to when he's going to return. So, do you think there's any reason to worry he might not be ready by the time training camp starts? Well, I think any time a player comes out and says they don't know when they'll be back, there's a justified concern there, um, even if it's just a small level of concern. He, uh, he did mention, I think, the team has a timetable for his rehab like they do with every injured player, um, but he didn't really seem comfortable or or willing to go beyond that in terms of what that timetable is or how far along he is in the rehab process um but i still think it's probably worth waiting until training camp and assessing kind of the where the situation is at that point uh if the packers come to camp and lindsley isn't participating the concern definitely grows uh but even so He's a guy that may not need a ton of preseason snaps to get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, if the conditioning and the mental aspects are where they need to be, I would think they'll be able to slowly work him back in when the time is right. Um, and it probably won't take him long to get going. Uh, but like I said, I'm not ready to not ready to panic a great deal until, you know, we get to training camp and the question becomes, will he be ready for the regular season? Yeah, I think that's a measured approach to take with Corey Lindsley. Chris, <clears throat> pardon me. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, greatly appreciate your insight on the show. 
Um, best of luck with all you're doing here with Cheese Ed TV. Welcome, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime, hopefully. Yep, my pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Chris Wanless, uh, one of Cheesehead TV's newest writers following David Nicholson on uh, Wednesday. Next week, uh, we'll have Chris Peterson on the show and uh, more after that. So I'm glad to have these new writers on board as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, there wasn't a whole lot of breaking Packers news since our last episode of Railbird Central when we reacted to OTAs. There haven't been any other open to the public since that time. Uh, there hasn't been any roster moves or anything like that. Uh, but I did want to give my own two cents on a story we touched upon with Chris Wanless, and, and that's on new Packers guard Jari Evans. As we alluded to, you know, there's been a lot of attention on Jari Evans' age at 33 years old. Packers fans want to know Evans isn't over the hill. They want to know the Packers just didn't sign a player only to see him play the worst football of his career. And here's the point I want to make, and and it's a good point brought up by Jason Wilde of the Wisconsin State Journal, and I encourage you to go read that article published just yesterday, two days ago. I can't remember when it was precisely but he comparing Evans to Jeff Saturday another offensive lineman in his 30s the Packers signed as a free agent first of all the obvious and 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 Chris you know alluded to this Saturday was 37 when the Packers signed him while Evans is 33 right now I think he'll turn 34 before the season uh but but beyond that here's the interesting part you have to realize that more than half of Jari Evans' professional career has been spent in the post-collective bargaining agreement world of 2011. That was the year the NFL and the NFLPA came to agreements on practice limits. Gone are two-a-day practices that used to happen as recently as 2010. Uh, So you have to consider there's a lot less wear and tear on the body of someone like Jari Evans than there was on Jeff Saturday, who, you know, mostly played in the pre-collective bargaining agreement of 2011. So that makes you believe there's still gas left in the tank with Evans, makes you believe he's going to be more fresh makes you believe he can last through the entire 2017 season. And, you know, worst case scenario here, a lot of people, I think, soured on Jeff Saturday when he was replaced by Evan Dietrich Smith in the starting lineup a few years ago. And I really think that's a little bit overblown. I totally agreed with the move. Don't get me wrong. I think Dietrich Smith was playing better than Saturday at that point in his career. But I don't think Saturday was playing terribly. He he wasn't playing great by any means. But but wasn't it just nice having Jeff Saturday as a backup on the bench just in case Evan Dietrich Smith got hurt late in the year? So so what if the same thing happened to Javri Evans? Would it be the worst thing in the world if by midseason the Packers realized, oh, Kyle Murphy's the better player? Uh, but they still have a veteran like Evans to fall back on just in case. 
It kind of reminds me a little bit of when the Packers had Bruce Wilkerson as a veteran they could rely upon back when they won Super Bowl 31. You know, hopefully this is all for naught, however. Hopefully Evans starts the entire season and plays at a high level or high enough that the Packers are comfortable with this play. That would be the ideal scenario, and a scenario that certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility, despite any hand-wringing I or people might be doing right now. Uh, So uh, I I don't think there's a lot to worry about. Obviously, if something comes up, you deal with it then, um, and that's the approach the Packers are going to have to take. And that's that's really all I got for Packers news or things I wanted to comment on because there hasn't been much breaking news lately. And uh, briefly touch on this. The day ahead. You know, there's there's not much going on over the Memorial Day weekend. As we talked about last episode, Packers players have a long weekend off. They're not practicing again until Wednesday, May 31st. So, so there may not be much to talk about. But seeing as it's Memorial Day weekend, I thought this was appropriate. On Memorial Day itself, uh, so Monday, May 29th, The USA Today Network in Wisconsin is showing a film hosted by former Packers player John Kuhn at the Cosmo Theater in Merrill, Wisconsin, supporting the Never Forgotten Honor Flight. So that's when they fly war war veterans to Washington, D.C. to see the war memorials and monuments. Obviously, it costs money to do something like that. So they're raising money with a $5 admission fee uh, showing the movie with proceeds benefiting the honor flight. Uh, so if you near, if you live near Merrill, Wisconsin, and you want a Packers connection this Memorial Day weekend, that one only seems appropriate. So seeing former Packers player John Kuhn, uh, you know, hosting this movie, um, and you know, when he, when he hope when they originally filmed it, he was just coming off his last season with the Green Bay Packers. They're doing the same thing this year with former Packers player, Jerry Kramer, as they film a, another video, uh, of him taking a group, uh, uh, being a host as they take a group out to Washington DC for another honor flight, something they're promoting, raising funds for good cause, uh, Memorial Day weekend connection here. I think that's great, and that's about as much of a Packers connection I have this Memorial Day. Uh, but folks, uh, have a good Memorial Day weekend. We won't have an episode on Monday. Uh, we'll be back, you know, as I take off for the day. Um, we'll be back again next Wednesday with another Cheesehead TV writer joining us, Chris Peterson. So we're excited to talk Packers then as we gear up for another round of Packers OTAs and more action on the football field to talk about. So that's always a good thing. So we'll see you then. Like I said, have a good weekend, folks. We'll talk to you later. Uh, I leave you today with a song called Freaker by The Speaker on Psy Fidelity Records. Uh, It's by Keller Williams. And uh, we'll see you later, folks. Go Pack Go. Yeah.